0: Oh boy, it's a Geordie Love episode. Yeah. Written by the Brandon Braga. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. I have to say, I'm at the point where I get mildly excited with Braga episodes because, like, so I watched this last night. It was Saturday. I had a long day of work. I sat down. I saw a teleplay by Brandon Braga and Ron Moore, and I said, I know exactly what I'm getting into tonight. And that was fine. It was a competent little mystery. There was some weird body horror stuff in it. There was a twist I didn't see coming. You know, there were some nice scenes, and that was that. You know, it wasn't a the deepest episode, but it wasn't a stupid episode, and I thought it was fine.
1: It's basically them doing a riff on a 1940s murder mystery.
0: It's I would say, if you've seen Laura, it's that's the exact that's plot. Pretty
1: much it. It's competently done. The mystery is sort of interesting as long as it hangs around. And I think by the 35, 40-minute mark, you're ready for it to be over.
0: And it ends. And it (laughs) ends.
1: And that's great. You Uh, know,
0: like all Braga episodes, it makes no goddamn sense. But, you know, I think the episode asks us to not care for a little bit in a way. In a way that's not bad, though, that I would say, like, Again, we saw some cool. We saw some cool shit. We wondered about some weird things. We were faked out a couple of times, and if it didn't hold together, well, I wasn't doing anything else with my night.
1: Mm, I disagree. I think the episode holds together pretty well. What, what don't you I think don't understand?
0: What the fuck? A coalescent organism. Well, that is. doesn't matter. That's well. That's that's what I mean. Like. We don't know what the organism they're fighting is or what its powers are or anything about how it works, but it's, it doesn't matter.
1: It's a shape-shifting
0: thing that kills people, basically, and that's all you really need you to know. You know, just like Jordy became a lizard person or whatever. Right, right. Again, it doesn't, really me- it doesn't really hold together when you're trying to figure out the, I guess, the metaphysics behind what's going on. But, again, the episode doesn't ask us to care. It just asks us to worry about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's really um, just a way for the episode to have a resolution. Yeah. Really, oh, know,
0: and yeah. I, I think the the
1: idea of a coalescent entity didn't even get put into the episode until towards the very end, right? Because yeah, yeah. Once once uh, she's doing uh, Crusher is doing
0: the the experiments on the thing, it makes which her takes hand most I, of the episode to get to that point. Yeah, right. But but again, that's very well paced because they that bit of remains you know has a lot of different functions in the episode and goes through a lot of kind of changes like first it's just this pile on the thing and then they have to pull the pile out and then she performs one analysis on it and they think it's you know her body you know and then they have to dissolve the metal and then they think it's his body and then they do the experiment with the beam and all of that and i don't know it's this weird piece of evidence that's going to explain everything and when they are able to analyze it it does explain almost everything um But it's very paced very well. The reveal is very slow.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, I think that, you know, the very beginning of the episode, what is it, like 10 or 15 minutes before uh, Aquiel even appears? Yeah, You know, so that works. I think that then it's sort of paced out with the Jordy stuff, which we will talk about because, oh, boy. And, you know, then at the very end, it's sort of like the reveal happens and that's all fine. And yeah. I think, you know, as, as a as a constructed piece of television, I think it works really
0: well. I mean, I'm going to be honest. They did a very good job of making me forget about the dog because from yeah. the point – from frankly, from the point, on, you know, a little – they stop talking. The dog is like the beginning of the episode and it's a very, you know – they keep harping on it. But around the point, you know, the point right before they introduce the coalescent organism, they just don't talk about it anymore and – you know, but enough's going on screen, you know, that it's exciting. We forget. And when it turns out that, you know, when they reveal the twist, oh, like, it's a, again, it's a satisfying surprise, even though it was very obvious and very there from the beginning.
1: Yeah. And I think it's nice because, you know, of course, the dog is there for a reason because you don't put anything in a television show that's not yeah. there for a reason. Um, I mean, I remember when... uh Breaking Bad, like Mike, like had yeah. a cough in one episode. I remember you said that. Everybody like, was sort of like, what is going on with the cough? But it turned out to be nothing. Maybe it was just misdirection. Who knows? But that's a very rare example of a television show putting something in that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. So, you know, putting a dog in the episode number one, you know, if, it, it means something,
0: right? Well, I mean, and I, I think, think about the episode where uh, Sulu had the little dog thing and it didn't. It was no other purpose than to show a, a dog with There was corn. a plot point with that for some reason, I don't remember what was it was. there?
1: Yeah, it's something like that. But, it doesn't but really out of matter. economy,
0: you know, generally they don't show something without at least remarking on it later. Right,
1: exactly. So, so the fact that the dog is there in the very beginning of the episode and then the dog basically disappears for the middle part of the episode and we don't see the dog again until the very end. You know, and of course... Once everything is resolved and the very end of the episode happens, and Jordy is sitting there on the bed with the dog, and you see the dog again. I don't know about you, but I went, Oh, right, it's the dog. Obviously. <laughs> like, that is what the coalescent entity is. And of course, it turns out to be. So I like that the
0: episode lets you be yeah. a, like,
1: It's not really, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't ahead of the episode, but because I didn't really remember. My, I mean, I. That
0: I, was my question, because I was about to say, Is this one of, you know. I feel like this is might have been one of those episodes where I liked it a lot more because I didn't know what the solution was. But, you know, if you see it coming, is it going to...
1: No, I liked it mostly because I didn't remember anything about yeah. the plot. Like, I had seen this episode before, but it. I mean, I probably yeah, have only yeah. ever seen it once. And, and it was probably, you know, 15 years ago. This is not an episode that I watch a lot. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, so, fair. you know, I I liked it because it was basically brand new to me. I mean, I remembered... I, I, I had... I had different memories of this episode than I the episode actually was because I remembered it as being much more about Jordy and this woman yeah. than it actually was. But, yeah, all the sort of, you know, coalescent entity and the dog being the killer and that kind of stuff I had completely forgot about. And so I like the fact that, you know, I wasn't ahead of the episode, but the episode at the very end lets you be ahead of it by a little bit because yeah. it's like talks about the coalescent entity and then the dog appears and of course I don't know if you did that but I was like oh right it's a dog yeah well because
0: they kept saying well it's either them or them and you know we're going to wonder you know and then you remember the third life form on the on the uh yeah. ship so it was and you know i i like that they don't really in a lot of these body snatcher type of plots you have to say well you know where they you know how would they be able to act really like this person and sustain that like is that really possible well it turns out you know you know you know and we you know we're spending the episode looking you know with the klingon looking at the klingon looking at Aquil and saying are they acting strange is that just you know weird personality take or are they you know uh you know and it turns out it's a dog you know so we really didn't you know there really were no clues Right. All the clue. Most of the clues in this episode turned out to be red herrings, and I liked that too because they all kind of. I mean, this episode did a few fake outs in a way, especially with this, the scene with the statue and, you know, the uh, telepathic dildo or whatever they're doing. <laughs> like, you know, I, the last time we had a scene like that was with Troy and that ambassador and when she became old and. So when, you know, that's the point when the biggest suspicion is on Aquial. And she says, I'm going to do this weird ritual. We're going to become one. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Jordy? Get out of there. Get out of there. She's and she, evil. And it's just a totally innocent, like.
1: And she also makes him take his visor off. So he's blind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. the just like, what the fuck? But it turns out, no, like this is actually is just, it is on the face of it. You know, right. right. We got to see Jordy finally get some. Eh,
1: I don't know if he got some, but. Well, he was interrupted. Yeah, no, I think so and I think that, you know, if there's if there's one criticism of the episode you could make, it's that I think that it's probably impossible to figure out because there's no indication of the coalescent entity idea until about 37 minutes in. So, yeah, having the dog be there. Like there's no way the dog could be the killer. So the episode is all about misdirecting you. Well, and yeah,
0: because at the beginning it seems like it's a tr- it's a I mean, it certainly is a murder mystery, but somebody is lying, you know, is right. the, uh, you know, is Aquiel dead? And, you know, this commander is, you know, it, I was expecting the commander to show up alive, frankly, at some point, you know, for a while. like, yeah. Or maybe it was the Klingon who died like this, you know, the, the, but, but the beginning of the episode makes it clear that a person killed another person and we've gotten somebody's lying or doesn't remember
1: yeah i mean the, the 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 actual sort of beats of the episode don't matter as much. It's just kind of interesting yeah. to watch it as it's unfolding i do well i do have a question though about like where the residue came from because the, yeah I, the, I that was the one thing that was like i don't think there's an explanation for that because the timeline of events as I understand it is uh the ends what was the name lieutenant Rocha was killed by the coalescent entity so Rocha was a coalescent entity and what happened is that he attacked Aquiel because he needed Aquiel. He wanted, you know, he the coalition. Yeah. Then, he needed to become someone else. Aquiel fought him off. With a phaser and then he turned into the dog. But then where did the – like where did the residue – like that's what I didn't
0: understand. Is like where did the residue come from? Yeah, I mean – Because the, they make
1: this point about saying that it was a phaser on a very high
0: setting, blah, like blah, blah, a blah. For like half a minute, yeah. Right. Um, And which can we can understand as in, you know, in panic defense that, you know, she traumatically forgot about, you know – I mean that's what we see Jordy doing. There's this blob and he fires on it for a good few seconds, you know, and we're to assume that that's what happened to her and she just lost her memory of that, but – then if she killed it, I mean, maybe there was a tiny piece left and that ate the dog. But yeah, maybe I don't that, know. Yeah, that,
1: that's probably the explanation. You know, then also the Klingons, of course, are complete red herrings. They have nothing to do with, with the plot at all. So they're just there to add flavor to the episode, yeah. really.
0: But I like how everybody is acting very suspiciously but has a completely you know, face value and genuine reason for it. Like, the Klingon officer is acting, you know, shady and dodging question, but that's just because he's young and impulsive and, you know, just kind of an asshole, you know. She's deleting this evidence about this, and it turns out she really just is scared. And, I, I mean, she, the episode makes it clear that Aquiel is not really a great, you know... She's not a great She's officer. not good at her job, no. no. And, you know, I, I think it's almost funny because we see... For the most part of the episode, when we're seeing her, it's through Jordy's eyes. You know, we see these – uh we first see these videos of her where she's very funny and charming and scared. And, you know, he's talking to her and, you know, she seems pretty much the same person as in the logs. Right. The reports that we're getting that she's very, you know, insubordinate and, you know, she's the kind of person who frankly deserves to be sent to a remote outpost in Alaska – um, you know or would be to get her out of the way frankly you know well in effect that's where they really sent her yeah 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 um i mean we don't see that doesn't really jibe with the real, the way we're seeing her and so kind of as an audience it inspires you to feel like you're one step cleverer as in oh i see what the episode's doing they're not showing us any of that so that we're with jordy and we're believing this you know and you know but she's going to turn out to be you know but then we, you know, we see and you know, we see how she is during questioning, and we see how she is, you know, she is lying, and it turns out she's not doing it any to any untoward reason other than she's not really good at trusting the right people or doing things the right way. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, to go along with that, I think, of course, the the one thing that that anybody watching this episode could could say pretty immediately is that Aquiel is not the killer because if she is, it would be a very uninteresting episode. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a person who is doing shady things and is not very good at her job and is perhaps a bit even prickly and a lot of people don't like her and oh, she killed the person at the end. Like that would have been a very unsatisfying Oh my God, she's ending. like
0: the juice which you need to have an acquired taste for. <gasps> yeah, the sea punch. Yeah. Yeah, maybe.
1: Um, So I think that that is a good, you know, that, that that's obviously a good thing that the episode is doing. Although I will say that I don't get Aquiel as a character, really, yeah, and, she's and just,
0: well, she's let's shy. well,
1: yeah, and let's you know, she's basically a plot point. I mean, she's not
0: a real person. She's a quirky girlfriend for Jordy.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, in a way, is this is this an early manic pixie dream girl scenario? I
0: think it could kind of be, and you know, whatever for that. I know you don't really seem to like the fact that Jordy had a romance, but for once. I'm actually glad that things kind of worked out for him in an all right way. Well, I mean, the reason I don't like it is that
1: Jordy has always been someone who is much more comfortable being attracted to women that aren't real.
0: And so that's where and that's where this episode kind of starts and, you know, certainly yeah. he's, he follows, he, he's watching all of these things and he's obviously falling in love with her then. And then he actually meets her. And for the most part, like, I mean, I think, in, but, but it's, it's not like he's doing, dealing with a simulation of her or anything well, no, like that. I, no, or she's but, lying. Like he, he essentially does read her diary and she is the most candid and the most herself. And. He does – while that's not completely who she is, while that still is a version of her, it's a lot closer to who she really is. And I think he falls in love with some genuine bits of her and, you know, the two of them do manage to just have a chemistry together. I don't know. That that part seemed fine to me.
1: Well, I think there's a couple things going on there. I think number one is while it's true to Jordy's character to have him Mac on a dead girl, I, I, I'm not really interested in watching it. And I think – because the, the early parts of the episode, the first 10 minutes or so before uh, Aquiel yeah. actually appears in the flesh alive, it's a little creepy. You know, like, if you've never seen the episode before, this woman is dead, and here's Jordy just being really, really aggressively uh, intimate with her. for For reasons that are sort of justified, but sort of not justified at the same time. So that's a problem. And then I think that once she appears... I don't really get the sense that Jordy and she have much actual chemistry. Now, I think that that's probably partially due to the actress they got because yeah. I don't think that she was that great. No. But you know, if you're going to if you're going to hinge part of the plot of your episode on Jordy defending this woman against a murder charge because yeah. he's in love with her. Then you kind of need to sell that relationship a little better. That's completely and I fair. think that's the one part of the episode that falls down some.
0: Yeah, he's not. I. I mean, if he, if he were going more towards the evidence and saying, "Look, I read, I saw her logs, and you know, all of these make me believe that she didn't, you know, kill this guy." You know, I. I Based on the context of it, it doesn't seem like she was a killer, you know, and that's his faith in that. That would be one thing, but I don't know. That part didn't bother me.
1: Well, if I I
0: didn't like their particular relationship, again, it's the – I mean, I guess my view towards Jordy having Aquiel as his love is, well, you know, something, you know, she's not a killer and – Okay, fine. If she makes you happy, good for you.
1: I mean, am I missing something though? I mean, you know, you seem to agree with me that the relationship wasn't really that strong and there wasn't much chemistry. But at the same time, you're saying you bought it. No, I'm saying good for them. So, so on an intellectual level, you're like, okay, this
0: is fine. But well, I mean, let me put it this way: I know that these are two TV characters, and you know, if if, if, you know, and one of the TV characters whom I like, and you know, Aquiel. Yeah, yeah, I love Aquiel. Um, yeah, let let me—I mean, maybe it's completely cheesy, but it's you know nicer for Star Trek to have a happy ending than it is for to have a bad one. And if a character that I like suddenly gets a break when he's never gotten a break before, you know, just on a just on a very silly. Again, it's a Saturday night, and I'm watching a Brandon Braga episode, and you know, it ended with Jordy, and you know. The, you know, Aquiel smiling and promising to write to each other, and they'll see each other on shore leave. Like, if that's where this episode is, that's where my Saturday night ended. Like, it, it ended me with me feeling pretty good. I mean, that's fair. That's I- you know, uh, yeah. Am I am I going to write fan fiction about the two of them? No. You know, do I want to model my relationship about the two of them? No. Is this going to be my favorite romance on Star Trek? No. But it was fine.
1: What is your favorite romance on Star Trek?
0: I like um,
1: Picard and what's her name. Oh, I like Wesley and Jordy. Aww,
0: yeah, and I think you know oh, they're the only ones that feel real.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like that the episode gives Jordy something to do, and I like that it's true to the character and all that stuff. I, I just, I just still think that it's a little it's a little too abrupt of a shift for him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he gets really invested in women and you know, all that kind of stuff. And he is someone who's going to make snap decisions like that. But at the end of the day, and I think so is it's, she. it's a little unjustified in my mind and that's all it is. But you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's a minor nit to pick in, yeah. in, in an otherwise pretty good episode. I guess so. I could
0: buy it as just Jordy is generally down on his luck, a little love, a little lonely and He's not that great with people and, you know, something like, yeah, he is going to attach to.
1: I mean, let's put it this way. His wingman is data. I know. And he would not be adorable. good at that. He would just be
0: terrible.
1: <laughs> just, just, yeah, just not good. Well, like, excuse me. My friend would like to put his penis in your vagina.
0: Would I you mean, like that to happen? Eric, like, that's, that's why this... I don't let you wingman for me anymore.
1: Oh. Yeah, well, all
0: right. After that one incident. Yeah, I didn't want to put my penis into a vagina in that particular instance. (laughs) Or any particular instance.
1: Yeah, that's it, I guess. I mean, I don't think there's really much else to say. This is a
0: solid seven and a half telepathic dildo episode.
1: I'll give it a five. It's average. Okay.
0: All right, well, let's move
1: on to Face of the Enemy, which is fucking
0: amazing. Now, this is an episode that... I've never actually. I had never seen. I knew that there was an episode where Troy became a Romulan, and that was pretty much all I knew about the episode. Like, I didn't know what the plot was. I didn't know the circumstances. Like, I thought this was a mission she volunteered for, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, from right. So, basically, there was not. You know, I was, I was along for this entire ride. Um, this is probably. I mean, this is probably the best episode Troy's been in this is probably her biggest standout moment this is her best episode yeah, by far i would say i mean and
1: there there have been other ep- other Troy centered yeah. episodes that i think you have defended or i have defended even though they're probably not great episodes and probably not uh great episodes for the character entirely but this one is just flat out a great episode for her and it's a great episode
0: because they figure out a oh, way There's no
1: no couching needed.
0: They finally figured out how to write Troy as a badass that's true to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so and I think that what I like about the episode is that I don't think that this episode would have worked in season three no. or season two, right? You you need the five seasons of her sort of you know becoming a bit more comfortable and becoming a bit uh, a, a better officer and all that kind of stuff to get to this point.
0: I mean, we the episode where she had to be in charge, you know, what one was that?
1: Oh yeah, with disaster. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, where she's you know in command like that, you can see that leading up to this her. I mean, by the end of the episode, you know, at the beginning of the episode, she was a little unsure. By the end of the episode, she was becoming very decisive, being a slightly different captain than Picard was, even though, you know, again, she would obviously be influenced by his leadership style, but starting to come into her own. And this is the episode where finally, like, she's in the most dangerous situation she's ever found herself in and, you know, has no information and just has to wing it. And she is the only person—she's frankly— the best person for this particular job, obviously. Um, I don't know that I would go that far. I, I, but I think, I, think I, I mean I, I th- think the
1: episode the episode does a good job of selling why the Romulan defectors or why the Romulan underground chose her for yeah. this particular mission. I
0: mean, let's face it: as a, an empath who has extremely ex- you know has extensive diplomatic experiences and has studied cultures you know a lot, like she is a good infiltrator.
1: Yeah, and also the fact—I mean, they—they—they they, they do make a point of saying that they need her because of her empathic abilities. Okay, you know that's all fine. I think she's a Starfleet officer. She's in the right place at the right yeah. time. These—these these are all fine explanations for why she's put in this position, you know. And—and and so what I—what I like about it is that she—she's not. It, it's an episode which says here—here here are two women, because of course the Romulan commander yeah. is also a woman, and there's like, it's very incidental that they're women. Like, yeah, it's female, female, but there's no sort of like, yeah, they, they, they've really sort of, uh, you could see a version of this episode, which went very wrong and I will leave it at that. <laughs> and, and I like the fact that they don't do that at all. Yeah. This is played completely straight. And, it it's it's completely incidental that Troy is a female and the yeah. female you know the female commander is a female, which I can't even remember her name. But uh,
0: uh, well, have we ever been able to remember names? I mean,
1: the Romulans are just like I don't know, Subcommander Nevek and Commander Tomak. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember.
0: Um, and I really like the Romulan commander in this episode. Oh yeah, she's great. Um, she's I mean, number one, the two of them. Two of them, you know, when they are getting, you know, when they are really battling it out and trying to outwit each other, I mean, they, they really are – play. They the two actresses play really well off each other. But I think it's very interesting that the Romulan commander is kind of sympathetic – Might would might be kind of sympathetic to what's going on. She doesn't necessarily believe in the direction that Romulus is heading. She doesn't believe what the government uh, – Right. You know, she um, – and so while she, you know, is Romulan through and through, um, she thinks there are major problems with the society and she feels very tied or she wants social change that will never happen so long as the council or – what What are they called? The Tao Shiar. The Tao Shiar are, you know, waving – again, waving the bigger stick.
1: Yeah, and I think that I think you're right. And there's a couple of things going on here, right? Number one, of course, is that this is the f- I think this is the first mention of the Tal Shiar as sort of the Romulan intelligence agency, the secret police they are sort of like all encompassing yeah. bad guys in a way. Uh, they they kidnap people and they do the whole sort of North Korean Russian thing where yeah. they send you and your entire <laughs> family to, to to the Gulag for for crimes against the state. You know, so that works very well. And I think that this episode. Um, you know i'm talking a little outside of the romulan commander right now but we'll get back to her that uh-huh. uh this episode i think there's two things that i really like about it for for the romulans at least is that number one it it it's a semi follow up to the events of unification yeah. i mean spock is even mentioned a couple times which i had forgotten about uh, and they never really do another follow up to unification. Okay. And I think, in a way, this episode justifies unification in a way because it yeah, was, see not, that. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. not great. But I also think that this is the. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that this is the only real time that the Romulans are fleshed out and Romulan society is really fleshed out in a way. And you get a sense, at least, of. The different factions that are involved in yeah. Romulan society and how average people feel about it, because this Romulan commander is just one commander of a warbird among many. She's yeah.
0: not. She's probably fairly low level as far as that goes, or maybe she doesn't have the most prestigious career, but, you know, she's still holding her on. She is still the cap. Exactly. And and so I like
1: that. And I also like the fact that they do create the Tao Shi'ar as an entity that makes Troy's position outside of what she is what what the Romulan commander is doing. You know, yeah. because I think if Troy had just been another military commander or whatever, I don't think the episode would have worked nearly as well.
0: Yeah, well she I mean she is very specifically a member of a group that is not officially and is not allowed to be questioned really. And so I mean in a way that gives there you know Troy has a few outs that she does definitely does take by basically saying you know look do you really want to question me on this because you know if you want to question me I can make things really unpleasant and yeah. I mean you can see that the I mean the commander is very interesting because she is at once suspicious and terrified and you know like like she 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 she, you know, she's got brass ones to question a member of the Tao Shi'ar as much as she does. You can also see her spending most of the time, you know, edging to the point, but knowing that, you know, she, there are points where she will need to back off. You know, because if, well, she has her suspicions, if Troy really is a member of the Tao Shi'ar, you know, what she's doing is going to land her in a world of trouble. Yeah,
1: and I think, you know, in a certain sense, of course, they needed to give— troy a lot of authority because otherwise the episode yeah wouldn't work nearly as well but i think you're right that on that level it also worked well you know in in sort of a character level as well which i like
0: yeah 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 um and and i i think the and the guy that's working with her so the uh whatever his name Romulan, you know his name
1: is nevek nevek and her name is like tomath to- or
0: something i don't know they're all like weird funny names yeah i know why don't they just name him john and like bill the- and let's call and her henrietta. yeah so uh henrietta and susan and billiam um, yeah and i like that he's kind of a fuck up too in some ways yeah. um yeah i i mean i think it's very interesting that they have this you know cargo they- he destroys this cargo ship and we don't even find out to what degree they're lying right you know, Who they, knows?
1: Maybe they were just lying about the fact that they d- would serve them dinner.
0: Yeah, you know, they got on there. Oh, it turns out it's a lot more money than we originally agreed for because of re-. like that. You know, it was probably even something like that.
1: But to a degree, I think that works though because yeah, yeah he is kind of a fuck up, and that was a bad decision, and Troy yeah. has to really think her way out. But of that. then, but but it also indicates perhaps that the the Romulan, uh, you know, sort of underground is more desperate than yeah. they would appear to be otherwise. And, and and the fact of the matter is getting this this guy out, the highest, you know, one of the highest members of the Romulan government and his aides to get them to the Federation is of primary importance. And, yeah. and, and you know, 18 lives in the balance. Well, whatever.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. You can see a, uh, you know, a Romulan making these cold equations of, you know, well, any casualties are worth it if the you know if they, if the if the aim is right you know the ends justify the means sure. when she is very much coming from a culture where the ends do not necessarily justify the means and you need to reduce as many of these casualties as possible again she's willing to give her life for the federation if it's necessary the series has made it clear that every single person on the ship yeah. is willing to but number one the you know the, those 18 people were not and it was not necessary
1: Right, right. And then, of course, the other thing, too, that I think is interesting about that is uh, the the commander also is is very, yeah. very upset about it. And I think that's an interesting decision. And And she's upset about it, I think, for two reasons. Number one, because 18 people were killed. And that kind of paints her. You know, she's the most sympathetic Romulan, yeah. I think, that well, we've that's ever a, seen the, in the, a way.
0: She's a very good, excellent Rom, Romulan commander. I mean, she's she's the Rommel Romul of Romulus, you know? Like, she um, – Well, you know, she's essentially a a Romulan Captain Picard, maybe in some ways. Um,
1: You get the sense that, you know, you know, in in a certain way, uh, you know, if Troy had been a bit more, you could see this playing out a different way, which is that if Troy was a bit more deferential to her and perhaps was a bit nicer to her and they developed some sort of rapport, you know, Troy could have gone to her and told her the truth or something. And perhaps she would have been okay with it. I don't know. But of course, Troy can't take that
0: risk. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, yeah, I think you're right. I think in a certain way she is kind of the Romulan Captain Picard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, that leads to that, you know, amazing scene when Troy finally becomes a Romulan in profit in a way. Like, you uh, – again, she's she's waving her muscle around, you know, in public the entire time whenever she's with Billiam. Uh, she's, uh, uh, you know – going by his rules and you know she's questioning him but for the most part he knows what's going on and so and at that point that i will have you ejected into space like she troy's become a romulan at that point She know you know she's in a way inhabiting her role she knows that she's much more competent than this guy and that you know He's listening to or her orders. They're playing it her way now. And and,
1: and, and and to a certain degree, I think that that works really well because of course, you know, the sort of the criticism that we've always had of the Romulans is that they're just not very good at what they're doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, why why would the underground be any different than the military or the how she are? You yeah, know, yeah, they're yeah. not competent either. No, they're just the Romulans are not very good well, at they're, this. Well,
0: they're very yeah, they make plans and front within plans, within plans within plans, and then that have so many holes that, you know, at some point something's going to go. Again, what what very well could have been a greedy, you know, mercenary, you know, turns out to fuck up the entire thing. If they'd right. had five more minutes of conversation with them, maybe they would have, you know, figured it out.
1: And of course, you know, at the end of the day, Troy is right because, you know, he yeah. wants to, Billiam wants to, we're calling him Billiam, right? Uh, wants to send, wants to continue on to the planet or this thing or yeah. whatever and, and offload the things. And Troy's like, what the fuck are you thinking? like The, the fucking Enterprise is right here. Yeah. Like, let's just give the guys yeah. to the Enterprise. Like, what? Yeah.
0: This isn't the first time in the series that they've had to figure out how to get a secret message to the Enterprise, you know? I almost felt like
1: when she was talking to Picard that there was some sort of secret messaging going on, and I'm not really sure if there was, but the language she was using was very specific and odd. and
0: Well, I think it was, when I saw that, I could only imagine what the hell Picard must have been thinking because you know a couple of years ago he saw someone who looked like a dead you know his dead security officer That's and now he true, sees actually. now he sees another romulan who looks like you know his counselor like i got the scene that a lot of her speaking as she was was in a way kind of she, she was trying to hint as much as possible like no look this really is me i'm yeah. in disguise and you know because he doesn't even you know he immediately, you know, goes along with whatever they're doing, you know, and he he, he trusts her immediately. You know, if he – I think if she hadn't been so deliberate in her word choice, you know, he may have been a little more suspicious about this. Is this a trick? Because She doesn't
1: sound like a Romulan in that moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think it's interesting you bring up Sella because I had not – you know, the penny had not yeah. dropped on that myself. And, you know, that is a good point and I think that, that perhaps that was even a little um, – that prepared Picard for this a little better because, of course, seeing the, the shock of like both, I love the shot how
0: shocked everybody is and that's that shy yeah. yeah.
1: But they're shocked in a way where they're covering it up. I like that. Like they're shocked, but you can't really tell yeah. unless you know them well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I like that, and I also think that of course they believe that it's Troy because Troy is missing. You know, of course.
0: Well, I think I thought the. Reason they didn't really notice Troy's disappearance was because she was at this conference, and I guess they well, I guess
1: what I'm saying is that that oh yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, that yeah. Troy's not that yeah know Troy's she, been kidnapped, but but the Troy's not on the ship, and they know that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, fair, yeah, um, and you know they know that she's not dead, you know, but uh,
1: yeah, well, they I guess they don't know she's not dead, <laughs> I mean, maybe she was, I don't know, she could be,
0: no, I mean, like you know they knew that oh, it wasn't Yar yeah, ER yeah, yeah. because Cello was dead, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. or. Actually, it turns out Yar wasn't dead. Right. Until she was dead. Until
1: she was dead. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other thing is, like, what is, like, I always wonder, like, what the hell Spock is doing? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) because... Yeah. Like, they mention him, and, like, it's fine and everything, but it's just like, is this his plan? Like, this is not a good, this is not a great plan. Like, whose plan was this? I
0: was going to say, yeah, and it's all muddled, because you have, I mean, so this other guy that they pick up uh that the 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 enterprise oh, picks yeah. up like it you know I, I and i think it's funny because you see it's both he and you know Billiam have um well number our,
1: one the, the our rendezvous
0: the, like it seems like they both have the same exact plan but they weren't aware of each other at all and so like That's causing, you know, a spanner in the works. Like, if the entire plan had been, okay, you know, you're going to go here, you know, we're going to tell the Enterprise to meet you here, and they'll pick you up, and then meanwhile we're going to, uh, you know, we'll get the Romulan ship to this point, and that, like, that would have made sense, you know, if the original plan had been for the Enterprise and the Romulan ship to rendezvous all along in the way that they did, but... Again, it seems like they had two different versions of the same plan, and yeah, because I'm not really—that's
1: I, I, the one thing about the episode mm-hmm. that I think maybe doesn't work as well as yeah, was well, the enterprise
0: the fell safe or
1: right? Like, what what is that Romulan defector who's now decided to come back to the Federation? You know, number one, why did he defect in the first place? Because if you remember all the way back from the neutral zone at the end of the first season. They made a big point of the Romulans saying, we're back, you haven't seen us in a while, and this guy defected to the Romulans when the Romulans and the Federation had absolutely no contact.
0: Yeah, 20 years ago, they said. So that's
1: weird. Uh it's weird because frankly his hair is stupid. Uh, 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 he doesn't uh, look uh. he does not look good in Starfleet civilian clothes. I'm just
0: putting that out there. I, I was gonna say he, he he's he's a little chesty. A little bit. That's I mean, fine. You That's know? Fine, for you know? Him. But, but but you know he could have won a size larger. I think that maybe
1: the Romulans costume, had better clothes. Maybe the costume designer did not like the actor
0: who was playing <laughs> him or something, because he
1: could do something a little more flattering for that guy, frankly. Let's let's be real.
0: Um. Although maybe, you or know, maybe they did like him and didn't realize that it was, you know, like they he thought a, he looked beautiful no matter
1: what. Maybe, maybe it was a plot point because Riker said that he wanted him to get out of that uniform and give him clothes and Riker <laughs> gave him the most ugliest, most unflattering <laughs> clothes ever. Here, Troy
0: has to wear uniforms now. So these are some of her cast offs. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that could work well.
1: Yeah. Had that little, like, you know, pink uh, mauve jumpsuit if you had that on.
0: Oh, no, no. The, from, the dress from uh, Man of the People, the there, new one. There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. But to be serious for a moment, I I wonder about that. Like, that is the part of the episode that is a little unclear and doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, he's there for a specific reason that doesn't seem connected to what's going on. But I think maybe he is connected. Yeah, to what's going I, I was going to say,
0: is the entire like is what I was supposed to get from this that Spock knew that Troy would say that you know would realize that the freighters were lying and that they would just you know and that he would destroy the ship and that you know the Romulan defector would get this you know like did he know that this would happen like right is, because again if you get if you don't have this freighter in in in, in the I what was the freighter I guess. I could see this plot being slightly more convoluted and, you know, I can spin it out and start justifying those things. But again, I don't think that this episode quite gets to that point or I, th- I think the certain bits of this episode make sense of these, if the plot is either a little more complex than I think it really was.
1: I, I could. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, what, what he's saying about, well, this freighter was supposed to have something and this is information he has for whatever reason. Um, you know, he has a message from Spock, so he's coming back, you know, so he's obviously I think that I think the through line for this character is that he defected to the Romulans, but he became disillusioned with Romulus yeah. and got involved with the underground. And Spock sort of saw an opportunity to say, hey, you should repatriate yourself yeah. back to the Federation and send a message. And this is how I can get the message out. OK, that works as well as it works. Yeah, And I think it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that.
0: Yeah, I can very much see this character as the kind of—I mean—he makes it very clear that he joined up with the Romulans because he felt that they were right. Then slowly began to see the problems that you know the series has made clear—you know—exist on Romulus. Sure, and you know, I get the sense he was probably talking about defecting for a long, defecting back, or you know, repatriating for a long time. And you know, Spock finally said, "Like, look, this is this is the moment. You know, we need you know, kill two kill two birds with one stone in a way." And. I mean, he he gets he he wants atonement in a way. I think when they because the first thing they say to him is, you know, we're going to be trying you as a traitor. And he says, yeah, I know that, you right? Know? And you know this this and the information he's going to bring, you know, from Romulus is certainly a bargaining chip that he'll have. But you know, he knows that he's not going to get away with this scot free. But you know, he needs to pay for what he really, you know, for his you know treason and. He needs to make this right in a way. I think this is yeah, and so I think he's a very interesting character because I mean, I he's a very he's a character you trust kind of from the beginning. I would say I don't, you know, even when he says like you know he leaves out a little bit of information. He says, "Look on Rom, you know, I'm sorry on Romulus, you uh, you know, you don't really volunteer information. You know, I've been there for the past twenty years, like." you know, all of that makes sense. And I think even though they are natru- naturally doing their due diligence on this, you know, Picard following this advice really does depend on, you know, trusting him. And I think he does explain himself very well.
1: Yeah. And I, I I think that's all true. And I think that the other interesting thing there, which I just realized, is that when he has that scene with Picard and he says, well, look, you know, you don't volunteer information on Romulus, uh, maybe that's, part of the explanation for why the Romulan plans usually fail, right? Huh. Like, you know, there's, That's it's, true. it's, it's, this episode really, I think goes a long way towards uh painting. There's, there's competing interests here. There's the government, there's the military, there's the Tal Shiar, you know, there's average citizens. No one really trusts anybody else. You've got the Tal Shiar in power and they sort of yeah. like have the ability to spare people off to camps mm-hmm. and things like that. And, at the same time, you have an environment in which people are not feeling uh, free to volunteer information. And so nobody ever really has the full picture. And yeah. maybe that's because everyone is trying to compete with each other, but it causes the Romulans to perhaps not work as effectively as they, as they otherwise could.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are very, um, frankly, I think it's funny how, you know, when Troy is again you know following Williams' rules you know she he's not giving her any extra information he's telling her stuff kind of one at a time and very slowly and then finally when she you know goes off on him i mean you know and she's saying we're doing it this way like again in the federation picard grabs all of his officers together talks about everything and they go over over all of the details of the situation you know that obviously doesn't happen on romulus and yeah you know the federation is all the the theme of the federation is that in working together we're going to accomplish our goals i mean it's it's cheesy it's very late 80s early 90s but you know it's not ineffective and it you know it's fine and i think it's a fine message to give and you know Romulan Romulus gives is is all a bunch of people doing individual schemes and not telling each other and you know these things clashing i i'm sure that there are you know for every scheme there's someone else who's Inadvertently doing a scheme that will completely contradict it, and they'll right. crash into each other.
1: Right, and I think you also get the sense that the military is doing certain things, and the Tal Shiar is doing certain things, and the government's doing certain things, and none of them are really sharing what yeah. they're doing or any information about what they're doing, and they don't work well together. Whereas I think with the Federation, and I think what this episode, you know, sort of implies at least, is that you know this is this this is another example of you know Troy is. Uh, ha- has has come of age and sort of has has had all her experience in a, in a culture which values you know a three hundred and sixty degree view of a situation and especially being on on Picard's ship for so many years and Picard is definitely a captain that yeah. that wants all of the opinions and then he's going to go his you know the way that he's going to go but she's thrust into a situation where. Uh, she's deliberately had information held back from her at all times and she finally is, like you said, she gets sick of it and she says, look, we're not doing it your way anymore. This is not working. And I think that that could be uh, the the sort of slogan for Romulus and yeah, you know well what there's I mean?
0: that you know there's that moment when you know late in the episode where she basically states the moral of the episode like look you know in order to you know defeat your enemy you've got to know them you've got to understand them you know and that's literally what's happening in this episode you know and but she's able to thrive in this very unfamiliar environment because she has made the effort to, you know, learn learn as much about Romulus as she can. And yeah. she is very aware of everybody else and what everyone else is. Troy is always aware of what everyone else is thinking and feeling and doing. And so, you know— the federation has caused her to be open to more experiences and open to other people's perspectives and that's really where she's navigated the romulans have their romulan way of thinking and their way you know and they i have my role and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do my scheme and you know they really have blinders on i think you know the, the, the romulan schemes always fail because they don't really think about what their enemy is thinking or doing or how they're going to beat them
1: right and i think you see that at the end of the episode too yeah. when 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 troy is able to use her, her Starfleet-ness to come up with a plan that is sounds good to the Romulans, right? Because it's sort of you know it it, it engenders a sort of uh, uh, I guess a, an understanding of of the Starfleet way of thinking, which she understands, of course, because she's a Starfleet officer. Yeah. And saying, well, we're gonna we're gonna diplomat them, and then we're gonna you know get them to lower their shields, and we're gonna shoot and them, and then we'll give them the
0: old one too.
1: Right, and that makes you know to all the Romulans that sounds brilliant. Yeah, and it kind of is, even if the Romulan commander had wanted to do something like that. But at the end of the day, of course, she's she's, you know, doing the Romulan thing, which is keeping information back from them. So she's kind of like using both. Well, what
0: I think is the funniest thing, like because I mean, they get these three guys onto the the Enterprise and then, you know, Troy is still stuck there. And, you know, the commander has her at gunpoint. And the first, you know, and and you're wondering, like, how are we going to get, you know, through this one? What do they do? You know, lower the shields and cloak the ship. And, you know, immediately, like, oh, they've had a target lock on her this entire time. Like, it's the— Yeah, of course. Like, that is the dumbest, you know, move she ever could thought. But, you know, it's almost like, you know, again, the commander still doesn't think like a Starfleet officer. Right. This You know, it, it, anybody in the Federation would know, well, they would have a lock on her the second they realized and they would, you know, they then they would get her out of there, you know? But I, well, again, I guess, maybe towards well, the end she probably still thinks she is a traitor. Well yeah
1: that's the thing. I mean, I think that you're wrong because I think that that they don't know who she is and they never reveal who she is, which is actually kind of interesting hmm. you know in, in a way they you know that and that's maybe the the the, the, the most satisfying part of the episode is that
0: y- they just reversed this is a reversal of the episode where the Vulcan was really a romulan and then just randomly said, "Oh I, I got all this information for you and I totally you know. Bye. Right. That's literally I mean, if this episode were filmed from the Romulan commander's perspective, that's what this episode would look like. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right. From Data's Day, yeah. I mean, and I like that oh, yeah. that, that Troy is, is they're showing her as so competent that she's able to uh, pull one over on a Romulan commander. Yeah. And and they never figure out who she is. And they're probably at a loss as to why she was beamed over there in the first place
0: like maybe they think that she was defecting and i mean the the i i guess the underst- because they also mentioned that the woman that she's impersonating uh was killed so i think officially what everybody's going to think is that you know she decided to defect to the federation she went with you know, she had a plan with these three other guys and the first officer and you know, except for the first officer, everything went perfectly, you know, and she will go down in history as a traitor. And they aren't even looking at a Federation officer.
1: And I think that at the end of the day, that's really disturbing because, you know, this this innocent, in quotes, I guess, because yeah. it's a horrible, you know, secret yeah. woman. But she was was killed in secret by the underground, and Troy took her place, and now the official story is that she defected to the Federation and— The the, the dead Tal Shiar's woman's relatives are probably all going to be put in a camp somewhere. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of of dark if you kind of extrapolate it out to Mm -hmm. its logical conclusion. Uh, Yeah,
0: and I mean, Troy seems, you know, very upset when she hears that, but the you know the episode doesn't really have time to dwell on that. No. I was wondering, you know, I thought that another reason they could have made, you know, I was thought that they were going to do the justification as, well, you look very much like her kind of thing, you know. I thought that that would be why you know one of the other reasons they chose Troy, but you know, and that could have been done with a throwaway line, but whatever.
1: I guess it doesn't really matter because who knows who she is, you know? I mean, and the implications that the tall she are mostly kind of hang out in the shadows anyway. Yeah, so. and she
0: even says you know she's fairly new, so no one is you know. better yeah,
1: right. And I think the, uh, you know the the final thing I want to mention is you know we we touched on this very briefly at the beginning, but I, I like that the sort of almost throwaway plot point in disaster where Troy gets command briefly of the enterprise yeah. is, is being used to finally give Troy the sort of character through line or the yeah. sort of a character quest that a lot of the other characters have had. So she's finally getting one. Yeah. 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 You know, she, she wants to be taken more seriously as an officer. And, and this is another step on that road. I think mm. I give this one uh, t- 10, Disruptors.
0: I give it 10 plates of whatever that weird Romulan food was. I mean, Romulan food is bad, right?
1: I think it's supposed to be really bad, yeah.
0: Yeah. She smelled better of it on prison ships.
1: Well, uh, if you would like to share your thoughts about either of these episodes, please do so on the post at trekaboutshow.com.
0: If you have any recipes for Romulan food, please uh, do not share. Do not.
1: Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Trek about Show. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash and leave a review of the show on iTunes. Five stars only, or, or the Tal Shiar will come after you.
0: Oh my god, they're real?
1: Yes. Oh. Next week, we are talking about Tapestry and Birthright Part 1. <gasps> another two-parter? Another one. Wait, is this
0: the end of the season? No. Oh. No. They, they're. Oh they, my god, they they season like, six is lousy with two-parters. Yeah, they
1: did, I think, three or four two-parters in this season. I don't it's know like why, but... Six episodes. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to you then when we talk about tapestry and birthright part one.